I'm Carol Coletta, and this is Night Cities. Who doesn't love a great market? And there is none livelier than Reading Terminal Market in Center City, Philadelphia. Anuj Gupta is the market's new general manager, and I talked to him about what makes the market so special. Typically, mornings here you will find are, are slower, they're more leisurely. Folks are able to spread out and uh, enjoy a cup of coffee, their breakfast, read a newspaper, socialize with friends or colleagues. But as, the, uh, as we get closer to the start of the afternoon, the hum of the building really takes over. And uh, a constant churn of, of people, and, and this includes everyone from uh, local business people working in Center City, Philadelphia, to tourists and conventioneers who are visiting Philadelphia uh, for the day or a couple of days. Uh, they're, they're flowing through the building at uh, a pretty constant clip. Uh, they're here for uh, lunch, they're here for shopping, they're here for business meetings, uh, and, uh, and uh, many other reasons that, that folks come to the terminal. Some folks come here just to, to see the history of the building, uh, to see the diversity of the merchant, uh, the merchant community and the diversity of their products. The market is one of those rare places in America that people from all walks of life seem to love. Why, why is that? Why do you attract such a diverse group of people? Well, I, I think it, it's a couple of reasons. One is uh, food, generally speaking, I think has a way of bringing people together. And that uh, you, you see that sort of time and time again in our culture and many other cultures. But beyond that, if the simply the diversity of the merchant community here and what they are selling uh, appeals to such a, a broad section of folks that find themselves in, in Philadelphia on any given day. That's that's the magic of this place. And so many, many public markets, frankly, I would I would say don't have the um, the breadth of of shopping uh, product, everyday products that that residents in Philadelphia need and want to shop for, from their poultry, produce, uh, uh, meats, etc., dry goods. But at the same time, the market also offers any number of uh, different prepared foods, uh, from uh, Thai cuisine to Chinese to uh, great hamburgers. Uh, and everything in between. And then on top of that, you have a number of non-food uh, merchants that folks come in for, uh, kitchen utensils, uh, linens, uh, cookbooks. We have, a, we have a stall that focuses just on specialty cookbooks. So I think it's that diversity that, that we have under uh, this roof that, that brings in such a, a unique crowd. And I can hear the crowd in the background. The the market, I love it. The market has a remarkable number of local food purveyors. You mentioned that. How do you manage to maintain such a robust group of locals? That's actually part of our uh, mission statement and our operating uh, guidelines. When the uh, when the city of Philadelphia decided to uh, invest in um, transforming the the uh, Reading Terminal building and rehabilitating it because by the late ni- early 90s it was it was an eyesore. Uh, it was in need of substantial repair. 
the roof in the market was often leaking. Uh, most of the merchant stalls were empty. Uh, and as I've been told, we were down to anywhere from uh, just 20 to 30 merchants. Uh, and just to put it in context, we're at about 80 now. So you can imagine the vast empty space uh, that we had in the building at that time. But the decision was made at that time that we would focus the, the merchant community and the selection of tenants on folks that were uh, local purveyors and, uh, to the extent possible, owner-operators of their businesses. Uh, we have a pretty strict policy that we, we do not allow uh, franchises or chains to come in the building. And that's how I think we've we've maintained such a unique character. That's a real tough choice you've made because on the one hand, you get the authenticity and the uniqueness of local purveyors. On the other hand, you miss the revenue that franchise operations might bring to you. How do you, how do you sort through that? Aren't you tempted? We're not, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think people are increasingly looking for a, an authentic, unique experience when they're coming to a place like Reading Terminal. And it is the, it, 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 you don't just come here for a great hamburger or a great deal on locally sourced sausage uh, or organic produce. You come here because the, the collection of merchants and the diversity of people creates an experience that's, that's it's a standalone. And and so, interestingly, even even during the recession, uh, when you would think folks uh, have less disposable income, so they're dining out less, they're shopping less, et cetera, the, the customer base here, the door count volume, was actually climbing throughout that period. And I think it's because people increasingly want that, that uh, unique local uh, flavor uh, and, and experience, and, and it's what we offer. And it's and it's I believe it's an increasingly uh, hard experience to find. Which raises the question for me, Anuj, how do you source local purveyors? I mean, I think franchises and national operations are so pervasive, right? Our tastes have, um, you know, over time seemed to converge, and and it, it you know it, it it if it didn't put the local market out of business, it certainly uh, is hiding. And I'm curious how you surface those um, those purveyors and lure them to the market. It, it's not easy, uh, and it's it, I, I agree that it is uh, a, an increasingly difficult challenge. When the market went through its uh, when the market was really in its uh, dark days and at its low point. At that point, frankly, they were able to pull in whoever was willing to to roll the dice and set up shop here. Um, and those were not those were not franchises; those were not chains uh, at that point. Certainly, even if even if the market board wanted it, um, I don't think they were jumping at the bit to be in the Reading Terminal. Uh, since then, many of those operators have developed into. Uh, very, very successful business people. Uh, many of our, our operators have, have been here a long time. Um, but now, you know, we don't, we don't have the, the, uh, the ability, that kind of flexibility, if you will, to just say whoever wants it can, can take it. So we, we try to curate. Um, 
the uh, when we when we have a vacant space, we try and curate very carefully the tenant that comes in. Uh, we look at uh, we we look at their business plan, uh, make sure it's a sound model, uh, see what kind of experience they have had in uh, running a restaurant and or shop, um, and and see what what gaps uh, it can fill in the market. So once once we decide whether to go down the route of having a prepared food merchant versus a uh, fresh food purveyor. We we do that sort of gap assessment, figure out how can they they add additional value to the to the existing market community. But um, in terms of of identifying local prospects, part of it is just uh, sort of uh, boots on the ground and. Uh, getting out there in the community and and finding uh, folks that that meet those those criteria, and on top of that, we we have a constant um, stream of applications coming in, probably uh, five to ten a week. Uh, folks just wanting to put their their names and their their business model on file in the instance that a spot ever opens up. You're in a good situation. Uh, how explain how the market is funded and governed and and the essentially the deal you offer to tenants. So we we are a uh nonprofit uh, uh 501c3 uh corporation. We're governed by a nine-member board of directors. And the lease structure that we entered into with the uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center Authority, through which the the rehabilitation was uh, made possible, the the lease structure has it that uh, the the terminal does not pay rent uh, to the Convention Center Authority, at least not so long as we stay below a a certain gross revenue uh, uh, baseline, and we've never hit that. So. So with that, we're able to we're able to provide an opportunity uh, in in Center City, Philadelphia, with base rents at a level that that frankly you you wouldn't be able to find now, and that does allow the the uh, the mom and pop shops, the owner operators, uh, to come in, invest their capital, uh, and uh, and and be successful. Um, whereby if they were paying to be on uh, Market Street or Walnut Street or any of the other kind of busy commercial uh, thoroughfares in Center City, it would be it would be much more difficult. And that by by doing that, then it also allows us to to experiment with and maintain a a diversity of of um, uh, merchants. If we were driven by having to maintain the uh, a a certain uh, base rent to the convention center, then the mass of it may may force us into a situation where we have to consider uh, strong balance sheets and national franchises and all that. But uh, fortunately, the, the structure was set up such that uh, we're able to bring in the types of merchants that we can. What's next for the market? Well, it's, it's a couple of different things. So we uh, while we, we have been uh, very successful in the market's renaissance over the last 10, 15 years now, we have a high level, very high level of direct competition coming towards Reading Terminal, right in Center City, Philadelphia. Center City, Philadelphia has gone through a renaissance of its own uh, over the last decade. Uh, 
and because of that, you have uh, you have a you have an increasing population. Uh, they are, by and large, they are uh, young professionals, and that is serving as a lure, uh, as a draw for other commercial investment. So right across the street from us, we have a uh, organic uh, grocery store chain that's opening up. Whole Foods is opening a new mega store, I'll call it, uh, right on the outskirts of Center City, Philadelphia. We have a number of specialty grocers that are looking to uh, open in, in Center City now. And if we were to lose our fresh food purveyors in particular, in my opinion, the, the magic of this place, uh, the fine balance that we've maintained successfully, would be lost. If all the terminal became was a food court, then it wouldn't be the special place that it is. So one thing we have to do is uh, we have to maintain the competitiveness of, of all of our merchants, but particularly our, our purveyors. Uh, and we're looking to do that in a couple of ways. We want customers to be able to better utilize technology to uh, both experience the market and access the market, even if they can't physically set foot here. Uh, there is there is uh, sufficient technology now and, and, frankly, business models whereby if somebody who works in Center City, Philadelphia, wants to do their shopping at Reading Terminal, but they, they can't take time out of their busy day to get here, that should no longer be an impediment to uh, to shopping here at the terminal. Um, once once customers come in the door, we want them to be able to navigate the market better. Uh, we want them to experience the market better. Uh, and so to, to that end, we're looking to develop a market app, which, uh, which helps folks uh, better understand what our merchants are offering, what specials they have, what special events are happening at the market, and maybe it becomes as sophisticated as if they know that they want poultry, they want uh, some produce, and they want pasta uh, to cook for dinner uh, in the evening. Well, the app can give them some recommendations on which merchants they could go to to, to purchase all of that. So those are a couple of things. We also want to better, uh, better utilize the physical space around the building. Congestion, uh, particularly during weekend afternoons, has become a, a pressing issue in the market. Uh, and for some folks, it's become a detraction. So we want to leverage the, uh, the space, the streetscape uh, that we have around the market and turn that into uh, great public spaces and to some extent an extension of the, of the market. Um, better connecting the market to many of the redevelopment projects that are happening in uh, the near neighborhood. So those are a couple of the, the priorities. The city itself, Philadelphia, is becoming an increasingly diverse city. Uh, we've had a wave of immigration here for the last 10 years now uh, to great benefit of the city. And in my opinion, a great market should mirror the city that it's in. So while we have a diverse merchant community, uh, I believe it, 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 continue, it, it needs to continue to diversify over the coming years. We visited again a couple of weeks ago, and 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 we not only visited the market, but we visited a number of of um, public facilities around town. And everywhere we went, people were saying, in anticipation of the Pope's visit, we have some money to improve X, right? This thing or that thing. It, mm -hmm. It's not like it was the Olympics or the Super Bowl. Is that the effect <laughs> the Pope's visit is having on Philadelphia? Well. Uh, <laughs> Is definitely having uh, a a uh, a outsized impact that uh, an ordinary weekend event wouldn't. 
um, just the the capital investment uh, that the city is making. Um, most of the blocks in Center City that to date have not had pedestrian street lighting, and Philadelphia began investing in sh- pedestrian street lighting in the mid mid to late 90s. So it's it's been here for a long time, but there are many blocks that have been left untouched for whatever reason. All of those blocks now are getting uh, pedestrian street lighting uh, in anticipation of the Pope's arrival. And it's happening at a very, very fast pace. The normal pace of a uh, publicly funded capital project is glacial. And uh, here it's happening over, almost overnight. So that's that's one impact we're seeing. Uh, the second is simply for an institution like us trying to come up with a plan that allows us to put our best foot forward uh, in the face of um, pr- some pretty significant log- logistical challenges. During the course of that weekend, uh, much of our transit access will be shut shut down. Uh, the city center city itself will be shut down to vehicular traffic. Uh, many of our major roads will be closed. And uh, and yet we are told to expect anywhere from one to two million people. We feel like if we can uh, if we can operate successfully through this, uh, we can have any event thrown at us, and we'll be able to to do just fine with it. I was thinking that you know cities instead of competing for the Super Bowl or the Olympics, maybe they should start competing for a Pope visit right. uh, based on the effect <laughs> it's having on Philly. Uh, Anuj, I think you've run one of the greatest attractions in America. I love the Reading Terminal Market, and I'm so glad you're there and doing the work you're doing. Thanks so much for being our guest on Night City. Oh, my pleasure, Carol. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Anuj Gupta is general manager of Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. Sign up for our newsletter at nightfoundation.org forward slash podcast to get the five things you should know from this interview and others. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.